evening, ladies and gentlemen. Delighted you could join us for the Big Red Bench on this Sunday evening. We're here with you until 7pm with a packed show coming away over the next. Our reaction to come from Mornabi as they book their place in the Munster Ladies Football Championship final. We're going to talk to Newmarket who are crowned the Premier Intermediate Football Champions today. And Eve Larry who are crowned the uh, Intermediate A Football Champions after a busy day today in Porky Cueve. We're also going to talk to Niamh McCarthy about her decision to retire. So we'll hear from the Paralympic medalist a little bit later on in the show. Also going to recap all the day's action, all the day's Premier League action and reports coming our way between now and 7 o'clock. You're listening to The Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. And excitingly, excitingly, it's not just me on the big red bench. It's Jer McCarthy, the host of the Women in Sport podcast every Thursday at noon on redfm.ie and from wherever you get your podcast from. The hardest working person in sports media today. Jer, how are you? It is lovely to be here, Rory. It is weird, but it is lovely to see we you again trying, in person. We were trying to figure out, like, when was the last time we saw each other in person? Because we talked to each other pretty much every day. Yeah. And, like, we, I couldn't remember the last time I saw you in person. It's been a while, too long, a long while. And in a, in that time frame, though, things have not gotten any easier for either of us. I think that's fair to say. <laughs> no, it hasn't. No, it's been a, a strange last 18 months, I guess, for everyone. But it's good to see you. It's good to have you here on the bench. And good to be here, and thanks for inviting me. We'll be talking an awful lot of rubbish between now and 7pm. <laughs> uh, Jor was at the Mornami game. We're going to talk about that in just a little bit. A fantastic win for Mornami today uh, in that uh, Munster Ladies Football Championship semi-final as they beat Bally McCarber of Waterford today 4-12 to 1-5 was how it finished this afternoon more on that in just a little bit as I mentioned at the top of the show Newmarket the Premier Intermediate Football Champions as they beat Cantorak and the Bond Secours, uh, Premier Intermediate Football Championship final today 12 points to 11 Eve Leary uh, crowned uh, Intermediate A Football Champions as they defeated Mitchellstown today 20 points to 7 so reaction from those three games coming up in just a little bit in the Munster Football uh, quarterfinal Airog of Clairsoft to Brewery Champions Lockmore cast line to 11 to 12 points after extra time today across uh, channel Ralph Ragnick off to a winning start as Manchester United interim boss today uh, with uh, a 1-0 win over Crystal Palace at Old Trafford Peter Smith was watching this one United won Palace nil with Ralph Ragnick getting off to a winning start United were bright and lively in the first half creating chances moving the ball all around well but the tempo dipped after half time and Palace might have gone ahead when RU failed to connect from short range but United persevered with Brazilian Fred producing the necessary quality on 77 minutes taking a pass on the edge of the box before curling in a right foot of beauty United won Palace nil cracking goal it was too so winning start for Ranjik and he's uh, delighted with their display considering the short time he's had to work with his players I'm very happy with the, the way that the team performed the way they played we had control on the game so uh, I'm very happy with the game the performance but also with the result clean sheet that's that's the most important part to a piece between Leeds and Brentford in the Premier League today Shane Pennington it's finished Leeds United 2 Brentford 2 late heartbreak for the Bees as Patrick Bamford scores deep into injury time to earn Leeds a point it was then who took the lead of course on 27 minutes Rafinha's cross tapped home by Tyler Roberts before Brentford recovered in the second half with two goals in the space of six minutes 
First Canyos's cross was not cleared and Baptiste fired home from 18 yards. And then Brian and Bremo played in Sergei Carlos inside the area to fire Brentford in from, from 12 yards out. But deep into five minutes of injury time, a corner from Rafina from this right-hand side, left-footed in-swinger, got a nick at the front post and there was Patrick Bamford to tuck it into the back of the net. Leeds 2, Brentford 2. For Patrick Bamford back with a bang out with an ankle injury since September and he was delighted to get back into action and to score today. It's weird, sometimes when you're out through injury you become a better player all of a sudden and obviously everyone like starts kind of dressing you up as this mighty hero so there probably was a little bit of pressure but I just tried to do what I normally do really and uh, the goal was nice and especially because it rescued a point. Great win today for Jarrah's beloved Spurs as they beat Norwich 3-0. Nigel Abidmead. Tottenham 3, Norwich 0. Two goals in 10 minutes towards the end of the game. Sealed victory for Spurs who move up to fifth in the table ahead of Arsenal. Lucas Moura put Tottenham ahead in the 10th minute with an excellent shot after playing a 1-2 on the edge of the area with Hyung Min Son. Norwich remained in the game until 67 when Davinson Sanchez blasted home for a corner for his first league goal in nearly three years. And then Son made sure with his seventh of the season after good work from Ben Davis. Tottenham 3 Norwich 0 So Spurs within two points of the top four a third straight Premier League win under Antonio Conte who was pleased with the display today I want to see an every game improvement in every aspect and to finish the game uh, 3-0 is good but uh, at the same time we have to know that we have to, to work and to improve for improve our uh, level but good performance a good attitude a good mentality of the players you're a resident Spurs fan here, Joe. You've got to be happy <laughs> with that. Very much so. I was saying to you earlier, like uh, if even after everything that's gone on, new management, management up, even all the players, mm. if you take, would you, if you offered Spurs fans fifth place with a game in hand to go forth yeah. at this time of the year, you would have taken it at the start of the season. What's Conte done? What's he changed? He has started. Uh, I think he's an authoritarian figure. I think the training has improved. I think the players are happier with the training, and I just think there's a sense of um, there's a sense of direction now that there wasn't there over the last couple of months. Very, very important that they won today. But I think until he beats one of the top-ranked teams, we won't really know how good Conte is doing. Still, though, not a bad start. Three wins in a row. Now, you can't sniff for that. So he's doing, he's doing, it's getting it done, I guess. It is. What could possibly go wrong, Rory? <laughs> Uh, Aston Villa 2-1 up on Leicester 74 minutes on the clock there Aston Villa looking very decent at Stephen Gerrard aren't they they seem to be solid and kind of seem to be a decent enough team again a new manager bounce doing yeah. well for a team with a lot of talent in there like Watkins Mings they've got some good players in there Aston Villa I think Gerrard will do well with them it's just a question of what's the ceiling with that team and with that club yeah exactly alright uh, in Scotland today a good win uh, for Celtic 3-0 against Dundee United former Shamrock Rovers defender Liam Scales on target there so they are now four points adrift of Rangers at the top of the table in the Women's FA Cup final uh, Chelsea beating Arsenal by three goals to nil today Sam Kerr scoring twice Emma Hayes also finding the back of the net basketball UCC Glamour beating IT Carroll today 97-59 in golf and uh, Roy McIlroy 4 under par through 11 of his final round of the Hero World Championship today he's 18th on the leaderboard in the Bahamas 14 shots off the leader Colin Morikawa uh, at the uh, Grand Prix today the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix uh, action underway 12 laps out of 50 Max Verstappen leading Lewis Hamilton is in second if Lewis Hamilton were to win his final two races he would be crowned champion so it's uh, going to be a fantastic finish to that and uh, there's a red flag there at the moment so that race is going to resume uh, in the next seven or eight minutes at quarter past six all right, so we're going to start with uh, Gaelic Games and Jur was in Morn Abbey today to watch a fantastic win for Morn Abbey. They beat Bally McCarbury today for 12-2-1-5. Was that as dominant as the scoring suggests, Jur? Um, yes, for 
three of the four quarters, I think, Mornabi and Shane Ronan was very, very pleased with his team's performance. The scoreline suggests it was an easy win, but it wasn't. That's a very, very experienced... Remember, this is a Bally McCabry team that's won 40 one for football championships in a row they don't do that by accident they're a very experienced team but when they needed to today Moran Abbey were able to turn it on in the second third quarter and had it won with 15 minutes to go what is it about this Moran Abbey team I mean there's something magical about them something very special about them resilience experience and a man in charge of them um, they set standards the highest standards I think in, cl- in Cork Club football um, they won the county this year against a very good Aero team and they're hungry for success and the other big thing I would think about them this year Rory is that they've got a lot of younger players coming through Ellie Jack is a name you're going to be hearing quite a lot about mm. and she did very well today and they were able to spring a lot of younger players off the bench and Kiro Callan is another young player who got a goal right near the end they're experienced they have a, the, the hub of a very very uh, good and very very talented team No they're starting to add additional uh, younger talent which they need to do over the next 24 months uh, forgive my ignorance here now with Shane Ronan taking the Cork job what's that leaving with Moran Abbey um, I uh, uh, interviewed him earlier in the week for a newspaper article coming out at Christmas a long form uh, feature I asked him that very question what it boils down to with Shane is right now things are very hectic because mm-hmm. we're trying to set up your Cork backroom team which he's done all his time has been taken up with that yeah. the good thing from his point of view is the split season as long as there's a split season, he's already proven that when he was in charge of Tipperary, he was able to do it and keep the Mornabi job going. And the other good thing about Shane is that he's got very good people with him at Mornabi, as he says. How long he can do it with Cork, though, that's the question. It'll be very, very interesting. We're going to hear from him in just a little bit. But first, going to hear from Kira Sullivan and Laura Fitzgerald in conversation with her. So Mornabi are into a Munster Senior Football Championship Club final following a big win over Bally McCarthy today here in Mornabi. I'm joined by the hat-trick hero, uh, Laura Fitzgerald. Laura, congratulations on that team performance. How happy are you to get three goals? Um, I look delighted. We got four in total, so um, it was something we were kind of working on coming into the, the game that we kind of needed to up our, our, goal, our goal scoring um, opportunities. So um, to get four is fantastic in the Munster semi-final. We can be really happy with that um, and hopefully just bring forward to the Munster final now because I'd say we need um, goals against that hurdle. Indeed, you may, and also congratulations uh, to you, Kira O'Sullivan. Great to see you back uh, in full flow again. The scoreline suggests an easy victory, but it was far from it. It was far from it. Um, we've always had great battles with Ballymac through the years, and today was no different. And to be fair, I do think the scoreline was flattering for us, um, and we'll just have to make sure we don't get carried away with that and put the head down for the week. But I think any day you beat Ballymac, you know, with such a good club they are, having won 40 counties in a row, you'd have to be happy with that. Uh, your manager had the luxury of bringing you off a little earlier than you would have liked. I'd imagine as a player but he was protecting you ahead of that monster final yeah I suppose like I, I'm very conscious of the fact that I haven't done a lot of training over the last few weeks and there's players there who've been you know putting in all the hard work of training and missing out on the starting position so it was great to, you know the competition for places unreal and to get those girls on Kira Carl finished the, the fourth goal Deirdre made a big impact all the subs that came on did so um, you know you never like coming off but at the same time when you have those girls coming on um, it, it's great for the club I know from your point of view the forwards looking really good today but your backs and your midfield they they form the foundation for you to get that possession yeah I mean look in first the, the backs and midfields they're I'd say in every game we can give them full credit for the outcome um, like they're always rock solid in fairness them, but like it's it's the forwards that they're put up against like they always just seem to bring it on the day um, like they're never ever in doubt and it gives the forwards in great confidence above that when you've got um, backs back there that are winning the goal that we can kind of take maybe more opportunities than, um, than 
most um, up in forward line. So, um, I'm like in fairness, and they are they are the foundation of the team. In fairness, yeah. They'd be delighted to hear you say that as forwards <laughs> as well. I'd imagine. And can I also say to you, this time of the year, because it's it's so late in the year, matches like this are better than any training session. Training's important, but this is really what brings you on. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, like the ground conditions here, and where I'd be like, in fairness, they are top notch. But like the balls, like everything has to be ten out of ten, or else like you know it's going to be a dirty ball. Um. So I mean, like we do train hard on that, but like there's no training that'll that'll prepare you for a match like that. Um. So like it was great to get over against Bally Mac now to set us up for the Munster final. Yeah, that Munster final is next weekend, so not long to turn around here. But this is what you want: games coming thick and fast. Exactly. Yeah, and as as you said, it is matches that you're looking for, and as players, that's all you ever want. Um, we're going to have another big step up against Arlo, like beating beating um the Southern Gales the last time. So um, you know, we know what we're we're up against. Um, they have some great tip players. Um, the Kennedys, for example. So our management will go do their homework. We'll get ready for training Wednesday and Friday, and we'll um hopefully put in a big performance again next weekend. And as you said, you got a test today. You got a lot of young players on. Um, made a few mistakes. There's things still to work on, which is exactly what you'd expect at this time of the year. But this is where we're now. We want to be definitely. Um, yeah, we do have things to work on, and I think we're we're well aware of that. And you know, Fitz gave all the credit. I think the amount of turnovers our midfield and backs did there um, was phenomenal. But one thing we wouldn't have been happy with was the amount of ball we came, gave away then on the way out. So definitely things to, to work on. Um, but um, we have a week to do so. Well, listen, congratulations and all the best to you in the Monster Final. Thanks very much, sir. Cheers. Thanks very much. Here, <laughs> Ross Sullivan there and Laura Fitzgerald speaking to Jur, who was there. He Jur is now here. Um, a good performance. Um, what do we know about Arlo heading into the final? We know that they're a very, very solid team and have um, are made up of a lot of Tipperary Intercounty players and that Mornabi they certainly have Mornabi's respect because they've been yeah. name-checked a couple of times and if you're getting to a Munster final you can't be a bad team. The fact that it's on in Mallow the fact that the Mornabi have already played there though I think that's going to play into Shane Renan's hands. Yeah, and they're well used to playing in Mallow as well I guess. Yeah. This is it and I think look, the best training you can get as we said there in that interview at this time of the year is matches yeah. and they have match after match over the last couple of weeks it's suiting them and the heavy ground and they they look really good today as I said for three quarters of, of four quarters today they look really really good they're back to the Mornabi of old um, and you would expect them on home soil that they should win but Aharlow will test them. It's got to be tough for the girls I mean like we're into December here now they've been going for 12 months pretty much non-stop yeah it is and for club players whatever but inter-county players you know you'll be playing at a certain level for the club players and the players that aren't part of the inter-county setup it's very very important at this time of year that you avoid injury like the likes of Kira O'Sullivan knows coming back from a shoulder injury but they have the luxury more than of the talent and the talent pool that they have and the depth of their mm. squad now that she was able to be brought off early today even though she didn't fancy it like she was brought off early anyway <laughs> as you could tell there <laughs> I appreciate that at all, all good players don't want to be <laughs> but it's the right thing to do yeah. because you want to protect your best players and make sure they're that bit fresher if you can, if you can at all go into a monster final and I think Shane Run knows his team inside out at this stage I think he knows what they can do and the beauty of Mornabi is they can play different ways they can go defensive and hit counter-attack or they can play all out and I have to mention just one other person today that's Darren O'Sullivan yeah. she was outstanding today Laura Fitzgerald grabbed the headlines rightly so for a hat-trick but Darren was at her absolute best today I'm right, going to hear now from Boss Shane Ronan Shane Ronan manager of Mornabi uh, a very convincing victory hard-fought victory here in this Monster semi-final against Barry McCabry but I would imagine you're very very happy with the way your team applied themselves throughout the whole 60 minutes yeah look Laura, um, the big thing we've talked about all week and I suppose what our big motto the last few weeks has been about controlling games and being very calm and uh, I suppose not reacting to what, maybe what the opposition are doing and just kind of sticking to our own thing and hey, look we started nicely um, you know but they got a goal from another high ball going in you know kind of a, a recurring team at the moment but we responded straight away 
got level at the water break. Uh, felt we went to be three or four ahead at half time, but totally dominated the second quarter. Went seven up, got, got like that goal, the first goal I got, I thought was outstanding. You know, it was, it was one touch, ticky tacky football, like, you know, it was really, and it looks like something we were working on as well to move the ball very quick, especially in these conditions. You know, you can't be taking, taking solo or taking too much out of the ball. And I think they moved the ball incredibly well. And again, at half time, the message was, let's go and win the third quarter. We forget about the score, let's win the third quarter, which we did, tacked on a couple of scores. And, you know, we finished very strong as well, and we got five subs on too, like, you know, we were able to, I suppose, take care off early enough. And, you know, in fairness to her, she, she's an absolute warrior. She hasn't been able to train, but goes out there every day and does, keeps doing it. And I look there and there as well, like, excellent. Anna Ryan, brilliant at wing back. We, look, we've loads of good players coming through all the time as well, the girls we brought on there. Claire Harrington, first game she's played in a while now, but has been great for them all week of training. So, look, if they're in form of training, you know, we're able to, be, we're able to use them, like, you know, I think we're, we're very, very happy with the way it went because, uh, like, that's a good Belly McCabry team, but I think we played probably one of our best games we've ever played against them, like, you know, and I think we've been kind of waiting for that for a while. We, we normally panic against them and kind of get into a dogfight, and today we didn't, and we're delighted with our control of the game. Just finally, how important was it for your two midfielders to play so well today? And your back six were really, really good heading into that Harlow Buster final. Yeah, look, we, we were very happy with our defence in the in the, in the, sorry, in the county final. We wouldn't have been happy with the last day. So we've worked very hard on that. Our tackle count at half time, you know, our, Tomas doing the stats there, we had 33 tackles made in the first half. You know, we had 50 in the whole county final, so we had 33 and a half today, which is outstanding. Like, um, And our midfield, look, I asked them to get scores. And fairness to Emma, Emma, didn't, Emma wouldn't be a scorer. She got two points from, from, from play. Roisin had a couple of shots. I thought their influence in the game was outstanding. And the players we moved around again were, were excellent. So, listen, Joe, we're delighted with it. Hey, on to the Munster final. Best luck. We'll see you there, man. Thanks very much, Joe. That's uh, Shane on in there in conversation with Jura after today's semi final into the final low uh, next Sunday. Jura, of course, will uh, you'll be there, I'd imagine. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Freezing your arse off, I'd imagine. It's like, part of the job, Rory. Yeah. I feel, actually, I feel this is wrong in a nice warm studio. I don't yeah, know how see, you manage it. I yeah. don't know how you guys do it on the uh, road. I'm here in my studio every day with my yeah. cups of coffee going, yeah, it must have been cold, Jura. Was it? Yeah. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Can I say a big thank you to Morn? I'd be for their hospitality today as well. Like, yeah. But you can look this time of year, it's part of the job, it's part of the profile. But uh, you do see now why I enjoy coming into the studio so much. <laughs> certainly do um, Women in Sport Podcast coming up on Thursday Jaren it's been a fantastic success it's, well thank you for saying that it's it's down to you giving me the platform to do it and uh, there's been a huge reaction to it this week as well it's a big week for Inch Rovers they play on Friday night in their senior B Munster final in Mallow against Ratmore from Kerry we'll be hearing from three or four of those players and hearing from Moran Abbey in the build up to what's a big weekend in Munster football again just on Shane O'Neill and the Cork job I mean like mm. it's, it's a big job ahead of him I guess it's arguably the biggest job in the country um, mm. we saw this year Cork weren't too far away just uh, for a couple of moments of madness against me as you were saying to me they could have been in the final it's just I suppose getting Cork to that next level I think is is the key for Shane and how does he go about that? Well he's he's already taken the first few steps and bringing in a very varied and very diverse management team from all over and also from outside of Cork which I think is important mm-hmm. I think from talking to Shane he has a very set way about what he wants to do and these last couple of months have been crazily hectic for him because you've got to put a team in place you've got to make sure that you know you get training facilities and everything all the planning that goes into the, for the first three months is huge to him here's the thing Mornabi hopefully if they win Munster will be involved in the All-Ireland action in January so those players won't be involved but that gives other players that he's been holding trials over the last few weeks that gives them a chance to put their hands up for selection and that would be very interesting mm-hmm. to see that first squad selection does he? Who does he experiment with during the league? We still don't know what format the league is going to be in. But I think this. I think Shane has always wanted the job. I think he yeah. wanted it badly. He's gotten it. He's worked under Raymond Ryan. He's done worked wonders with Mornabi. Hopefully, given time, he will have a chance with Cork. But as we were talking about, also there are so many teams at the yeah. top end now. 
the standard has increased and like the, the distance that was between Cork and the other teams just isn't there anymore it's gone and like you saw last year with Meath it only took five minutes to turn a, a defeat into a victory you've mm-hmm. got Dublin coming back now champion at the bit to get their All-Ireland title back you've got Galway Donegal um, a lot of very good teams Mayo are coming back like I mean and you've got Kerry and Munster who are always you know they're always difficult to beat Tipperary are always solid all the counties on the fringes will have taken heart from what Meath did and said why can't that be us so Cork seriously have to up it over the next couple of years but I hope and I think Shane will be given time to do what he wants to do promises to be a very very exciting year for the Rebels uh, still Aston Villa 2 uh, Leicester City 1 into the last uh, 3 or 4 minutes there so we'll keep you posted on that one uh, going to go to Parky Quigg today Newmarket are the Bon Secours Premier Intermediate Football Champions beating Canturk today 12 points to 11 John O'Shea there for the Big Red Bench today and got challenged to coach Noel McIntyre afterwards Noel McIntyre Newmarket how much does it mean to Newmarket to win this Premier Intermediate title it's hard to put words in to be honest it's it's big but it's especially big since you know in our third game there in the group stages we were nearly out of it we got a goal through a miracle came back into it and then we kind of kicked on we we played well for the rest of the season there and today again we kind of you know I thought we were a better team in the first half but in the second half you could probably say we robbed a little bit yeah. but also behind the scenes there we have a number of key players that are already injured this year Aidan Brown did his crucial ligament so he didn't play it all for us Joe Paddy Brown another great player was missing for us and you know a few guys then had to come in and be fair like they really stepped up and I didn't think you know at one stage we'd be here at all and here we are after celebrating an unbelievable victory and in fairness like for the supporters it was a very emotional one to watch too and we're absolutely beaten with emotions you know yeah, absolutely. And um, just, I was talking through the game, and you know, um, just that's your, how you're talking your, your, your side's performance, and just how, how it was just in fact so much winning the end there as well. Uh, well, as I say, in the first half, I thought we were the better team. But in the second half, then we just we couldn't get the ball feasibly, and they probably will rue a few chances that they missed. So, and really going into it, it looked like they were going to close it out. Um, but look, we hung on, you know, we, we were fit enough to be able to hang on to yeah. and uh, just got the scores we needed there in the end absolutely and obviously we're here on the pitch here in Parky Cleave um, you get to see the scene the celebration of the pitch and the fans and the players and everything as you can see it, it means a lot to the market this, this win doesn't it it's massive yeah I mean I'm not from here myself I'm actually from Newcastle and you know just before coming into the club I kind of did a bit of research and you know they've been kind of knocking on this door for a few years and you know last year they were picked by Knock the Green the semi-final and you know it really it just hurt the group a lot yeah. and like you know the two guys that I'm working with then Donny O'Sullivan and Paul Murphy they're actually the best management group I'd say that any club has yeah. and um, I mean just talking to them you can just see what it means to them. you know I mean the, the pep talk there before the match and even at half time was to bring tears to your eyes like yeah absolutely and you know it's going to be I know the Munster temperature but it's going to be exciting when you kind of go back in 2022 for the lads to be kind of playing in kind of senior senior age championship absolutely and they're very very capable of playing at this level we had a very good league run campaign there I mean we we went down we played Skid we played Ballangiri we played Castle we gave them a good game for about you know 30 minutes so we're capable of putting it up to the big teams alright um, it, it'll be look it'll be a challenge but we'll have more players back and we've a good young player come through Hugh O'Connor as you know Cork captain this year in the minor level and, you know, he's, he's an, an amazing player to come through yeah. and it obviously 
they saw the, the celebrations and they they saw the they soaking all in. But I suppose like to have at later on, I suppose at this stage of the year, we'll have a, a Munster kind of a campaign to look forward to. Really. That, that'll be exciting for the players now and that comes around. It's lovely for them for Christmas. You know, where it feels like we're coming into the run of Christmas now. So you know, look, let them celebrate. I'm be all for guys celebrating and taking in the moment. And then when we when we get the pictures or whatever, let's put the head down and we'll have a good crack of it. Yeah. Yes, Niall McIntyre there in Newmarket uh, coach speaking to our man John O'Shea down in Porky Cueve today as they were crowned the Bonsa Course Premier Intermediate Football Champions going to hear now from uh, Newmarket's Kevin O'Sullivan Right then, Kevin O'Sullivan um, Inter- Premier Intermediate Champions uh, how was that song? Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty good I'm actually laughing now because uh, it took three years ago I asked my, my wife now to marry me outside here she was looking at the river I was yeah. looking at the stadium to see would I ever get here again it's hard to believe um, it was gone it was gone but to be fair to Ryan O'Keefe uh, he came up good in the end yeah absolutely and I, you can see this I was just talking this, the, the balls along the place like this is this is. I was talking to come the lad there this has kind of been kind of years in the making for New Mackers to know so it, it, it's you've been building to us for Royal yeah my, my immediate thought is to the guys that are not here mm. um, Aidan Brown like what a player and our, our player of the year I think myself is uh, Timothy Murphy he did his cruciate uh, the bonds of two weeks ago against uh, Spa we got the mother and father of, of beatings in Killarney that night and uh, uh, Timothy getting injured then compounded yeah. uh, my good friend Donald Hennon he's uh, he's abroad Brian O'Reardon's abroad they'd be all here and uh, of course Daniel Quality um, these guys are going to be back and they're going to be welcome back into the panel I, I just can't wait for them to come back into senior A football absolutely and just Kevin on, on the game itself you know um, how, how your thoughts and how it went and I suppose like there was somewhere to win it in the end there yeah it was it was listen um Kentork are so physical they're just so physical they love bring you into the centre we got dispossessed I don't know how many times but to be fair well, look, we, we never 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 uh, gave up uh, went through the process kept through the ball and it actually came good and huge huge credit to Paul Murphy Donald Sullivan and Niall McIntyre just a massive I can't speak highly enough of the three of them um, they, they asked for a massive effort and we I hope we rewarded them so it's uh, it's Munster now in two weeks uh, in the 18 so looking forward to that now back training for that and we'll have we'll have some party tomorrow though yes, absolutely. and just we got Ross here in Parky to see the scene the celebration around us um, how much does this mean Kevin to New Africa? it means everything it means absolutely everything for a small community um, look the, the heartbreak in 2017 against St Michael's in Moran Abbey we lost uh, Aerog were up six points in the semi quarter final we lost uh, last year uh, against Knocknagree uh, we, we, we threw it away Knocknagree went away and won it and deservedly so so that's 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 for all those near losses I, I think we've made it up now um, to be fair we, we never give up and we always make things right and we, we're, we're, we're senior freaking football now uh, next year yeah and just, just finally Kevin just, I know you enjoyed the celebrations now and for the next couple of years but I suppose it's good now maybe to have a, a Munster kind of a championship play look up, look up as well. yeah it's actually um, I didn't uh, even look at the Munster draw but uh, a former Newmarket player was included was, was involved in the, the Clare final and uh, they actually just got beaten in the end so there would have been uh, Newmarket man on the Clare team so yeah. I'm not too sure who it is it is the Clare uh, but um, we actually played a monster there 10 years ago uh, against John Finton's crowd and we didn't take it seriously 
Um, but no, we, we'll give this the right rattle now. Yeah. So, yeah. And then obviously they have next year as well. Twenty twenty two to have when uh, uh, when you come back in training in twenty twenty two. Yeah. Have, um, look, that senior football will be good. It's going to be great. A great incentive there is uh, is uh, Kishkem, Nakhnagri, um, ourselves. Geez, to be great if uh, great great Dohala Derby if one of us drew each other. So looking forward to that. That's Kevin O'Sullivan there of Newmarket speaking to John after today's win in the uh, Premier Intermediate Football Championship final. 12 points to 11 was how it finished. There'll be some celebrations in Newmarket tonight, sure. And rightly so. I mean, uh, a lot of people would have fancied Cantork for this uh, just based on their, as we heard there from the interview, their physical stature and their, and their skill. But like, it's it's heartbreaking for them. But fair play to Newmarket for going right down to the end, mm. being a couple of points down near the end, but getting getting the victory. And what a victory for them. And yeah, I would imagine that's a good place to be heading tonight. <laughs> Aston Villa have beaten uh, Leicester City 2 the full-time whistle has gone uh, there. Just one more from uh, Newmarket. Going to hear from Conor O'Keefe. I am. Um, uh, when we say Conor O'Keefe, just uh, what's how's it feel now? Premier to be the champions. Ah, it feels great. I mean, we were looking up fellas my own age, looking up to 2011, the boys that won it 10 years ago. And we've been knocking the door and look, it just feels brilliant to finally get over the line because, to be honest, we think we deserve it. If you look at the last, maybe four or five winners, they're the team that knocked us out. So we've been knocking the door and we're just delighted to get over the line now today. And uh, look, we'll enjoy this one. Absolutely. And uh, just how, just your thoughts on how the game went there, just the way it ended there, in some way to win it. Oh, the way we won it, because I mean, it has gone against us the last few years where we've been down the point and uh, we never kicked on. But today, I don't know, just the belief came over us, the boys on the sideline, everything. The belief just got to us. And, Look, every game ebbs and flows, but we just got it at the right side of it at the whistle, so we're delighted. Yeah, and even like when when you were when you were kind of trailing there, like it, it, did your character, did you think kind of show that you, you didn't give up, like you kind of you kind of still there for you, like, you know? Well, to be honest with you, if you did look around, our heads went down maybe for maybe 30 seconds, but that was it. Fellas rallied, and once we rallied, that was it. You had fellas putting tackles on the full back line, the full forward line, and look, come the end of the day, the work rate showed. And like fair play to Kentucky, I mean, what a club. I mean, they were here two weeks ago, they're up top table and hurling, so they deserve all their credits. But we're absolutely delighted. They're yeah. a serious team, and look, we're just delighted to get over the line at the end of the day. Yeah, and there's a good buzz along here as we're talking and Patrick at the moment. Like, say, like, how much does this mean to Kentucky or um, Newmarket? Oh, I, 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 I think it means enough to Kentucky, but by God, it means more to us. Yeah. No offense to them, but they have a lot of trophies won the last few years. And I think we've 10 years now for a trophy. I think we'll, we deserve this one. We worked hard enough for it. By God, we'll enjoy it. Yeah, and as you say, like it's obviously 60 minutes here today, but for, for Newmarket, this has been kind of like years in the making. Yeah, it? so like Knock Green knocked us out last year. They're doing well up in senior, and I think it was um, was it uh, Michaels and Rayro the year before, and they're going up. Every team that's beaten us, like I said, has gone up. So we've been working hard. This isn't just today. It isn't two weeks ago or three weeks ago. This has been going on for a long time, and it's the same panel of players that's been doing it. We have a few more coming through to see us in senior next year. The Big Red Bench on Cork said FM dad is Newmarket's Conor O'Keefe. Congratulations indeed to them, Cranley Bond, of course, Premier Intermediate Football Champions today as they beat Cantork 12 points to 11. Still to come on the show, Eve Leary, you're going to get reaction from them as they were crowned uh, the Intermediate A, A, Intermediate A Football Champions even. And we're going to talk to Neave McCarthy about her decision to retire. All that to come on the Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. 
Rory here with you until 7 o'clock. Very special guest, one night only, I think. Well, tonight anyway, Joe McCarthy, host of the Women in Sport podcast on redfm.ie. Joining us for a special appearance, and it is fantastic to see you. Lovely to be here, and thanks for a wonderful introduction. Unreal. All right, we're going to get a full-time report from uh, Villa Park and Josh Smith. Aston Villa 2, Leicester City 1. The visitors took a brief lead through Harvey Barnes before Ezra Conte levelled out the other end. Villa thought they'd taken a half-time lead through Ollie Watkins, but for VAR to rule, he fouled Casper Schmeichel in the Foxes' goal. But Conte did get the second of the game for himself and for Villa with a fantastic header at the far post from a corner that somehow squeezed in at the near post past Schmeichel. Aston Villa 2, Leicester City 1. By Morgana Games, I'm Leary, are the Bond Secures uh, Cork Intermediate A Football Champions. They beat Mitchelton today 20 points to 7. Their second county title in the space for a few months as they beat Borbui in the Junior A final a few months ago. John, at this game for us as well, spoke to attacker Chris Hogue Jones. How does that sound? I mean, half intermediate um, champions. Stuff uh, of dreams, really. So it was a couple of months ago. We kind of, many of us predicted this, all we wanted was to be an intermediate. But then as the games got on, we started believing and believing. And to be honest, we backed ourselves going into this. And, we, we think we should be up against Premier Intermediate teams. Yeah, uh, we're looking forward to that now. Absolutely, and like your performance, so you, you've, you've been brilliant all year, and you kind of brought that into today as well, you know. Yeah, look, we kind of have a bit of momentum going into this. Like the boys, in fairness, the management they have us tipping like there's no stone left unturned. But then it's just the whole group. Honestly, I, I'm just delighted to do it. Guys, I grew up with it's just unbelievable. Yeah, and it. it you know, this is probably it's been some kind of 14, 15 months today. So October last year, we think you won the must be kind of junior A, and obviously our position in the county junior A and then the intermediate. So you know, today like, it's been some journey for you, Lavery, the last couple, of, like the last year and a half, really. Yeah, like you know, we played Kilmurray there, and we only just about beat them. Like imagine if we lost that, where we'd have been, because it would have been hard to pick ourselves back up from a defeat like that. But ever since, I think to be fair. The Kil- Kil- Kilmackaby game in the semi final from there, that was when we really kicked on. Yeah. We haven't looked back since. Momentum's been on our side, and thankfully, we're going up again. Yeah, and the, that kind of momentum, you've kind of grown and grown throughout the year, and I suppose you kind of you brought it into today, and you, know, you were flying into all sorts from the outset, you were kind of determined to. Yeah, but look at the start there, yeah, we're only. We were only up a, a point, two points at half time. Yeah. We let them come back into it. You can never be too far ahead against Mitchell. They've shown that in, in with Bally Giblin and Hurling yeah. in the last two games they've played. You can never be too far ahead, so you just have to keep pushing at, and against them. Yeah, and uh, it's like obviously the scoring, you know, it's a own performance, but I say that the far line as a whole, like the likes of Brian Cohn and Cottle Vaughan. You know, um, and the others as well. It must be a very it, an exciting team to play, an enjoyable team to play in as well. Look, everyone knows that the role is like we players there that go under the radar. I know a lot of the time there, myself and Cahill might get the headlines. Yeah. But I think everyone in Evil Area knows that this team is full of unbelievable players, and without them, this thing doesn't work. Yeah. And that's how it is with us. Yeah, like puts in a performance. Yeah, and you're gonna see here. All people like the support and the standpoints and everything. That you could say that if this means how much does this mean to Ivlaire in your view? Like, no, it means everything. Like, I, I actually don't think people have any clue what this means to some people in the parish. Like, yeah. they live and they breathe Ivlaire, and just to be able to do this for them, it's just unbelievable feeling. Because some people in there, this is this is just they love us 
and they love this club so it means everything to us to be able to perform like this for them yeah and finally uh, I presume obviously they, they've enjoyed the snow I saw like tonight and I saw the next couple of weeks now and over Christmas I saw it'll be very exciting now like when you go back playing with Eve Avery in 2022 you'll be playing Premier to me that that'll be an exciting kind of challenge now yeah. when it comes around yeah I know we'll, like, we've been looking at the likes of let's say McCroom and Naval Bourne and Kilimarcha and we're going to get a chance now to prove ourselves against them and see see if we can we can match it with them and that is that is exciting that's Chris Old Jones there with Leary as they were crowned uh, the Bonscourse Cork Intermediate a uh, football champions today as they beat Michigan, uh very, very very well as well today and that's some progress them your Junior A champions a couple of weeks ago now Intermediate A champions that's not to be sniffed at at all at all no and this is a team that is capable of making an impact in the grade that they've just gone up to that's the key thing we heard there from Chris Oak Jones but they've got the likes of Carl Vaughan and Barry O'Leary These, this team is built uh, I, I would, they're very similar to Nocknagree in the way mm-hmm. Nocknagree came up through the ranks um, they're full of confidence it was a very comprehensive win today for them in a county final there's no reason that they can't make an impact uh, next season we're going to hear now from their manager John Mc- Nulty. John McNulty, Eve Lavery manager, uh, Cork Intermediate County Champions. Uh, they, must, they must have a nice ring to Yeah, great ring to uh, We're delighted. We're delighted, uh, John. We had, uh, yeah, we've had a good year. We've had a really good year. A lot of hard work gone into it. And I think, you know, everyone is absolutely thrilled uh, with today. You know, couldn't ask for more. Couldn't ask for more. It's perfect. Yeah. And it's, I suppose it's the icing on the key, but the whole year, the performances have been very good and I suppose he was very pleased that he, the lads bought it into today as well. Yeah, look, I, I think what's most pleasing about today is obviously the win, but it's the style of football, it's the way the lads play football, is, it's a credit to them, like they're all brilliant footballers and uh, I think everything went well for us today, even when the pressure came on, they responded massively and um, the third quarter there was the winning of the game, they really turned it on, they really turned up the power and uh, and drove for home. Yeah, and do it. Obviously, winning today, no, to me, it's been some journey like the last 14 15 months. Like, it was October of last year, like, he won the, the Muscle kind of junior A uh, title, and obviously, winning the, the junior A county only a few months ago. And now, today, again, winning the intermediate A title, it, it's probably it's the latest chapter, but it's been a very exciting journey for you, David. Oh, it's been unbelievable. What a journey! It's been a privilege, really. Um, you know, when you're in charge of a team, it's there's always pressure, but when you're in charge of a good team, there's even more pressure because, um, you know, John Finn and Dan and Don put so much into it, really, yeah. in the bathroom team, you know, what, what effort they've put in over the four years has been incredible, and, you know, you have to mind players this good, yeah. you really have to look after them, get the best of them, and, by God, they delivered today. Absolutely, then, just to see the Saturday the Sebastian celebrations behind the players and the management and the supporters so how much like how much do, how much does this kind of mean to you Larry to win this intermediate title it means everything really you know it, um, just so so many people put so much into it really uh, just be able to get them into Park and Cueve here not only bring them into Park and Cueve but give them something to shout about and uh, give, them, give them a memory for the rest of their lives you know because they all uh yeah, they all gave us football growing up, so we're delighted. Yeah, and obviously, that's what they've been, obviously, the celebrations and we're kind of reflecting on this over the next couple of weeks, but I saw when you, when you go back next year, they saw the prospect of playing Premier Intermediate Football, that would be an exciting opportunity and challenge when it comes around um, in 2022. Um, it will be exciting between now and 2022. Um, we'll be taking it easy, and mm. these lads need a bit of a break, yeah. and they need a bit of a celebration, and they're going to get that. Um, but when you're from Leary, anything is possible. They'll have a bit of a celebration, all right, Gerard. <laughs> I'd say that is just an incredible achievement. Like junior A champions now, intermediate A champions in the space of a couple of weeks. 
And no better place or no better group of lads, I'd say, to celebrate it. No more deserving, as we've said. And this is, as I've said, this is a club and this is a team to watch in the next couple of years. They are going places. Mm. They're on the right trajectory. Everything's pointing upwards in terms of the curve. And um, I think today's performance, whatever winning today's performance, proved that. Congratulations indeed to them. All right, we are going to talk athletics now. And our good friend Niamh McCarthy announced her retirement recently after competing at uh, the Olympic Games over the summer. Of course, uh, a silver medalist in Rio in 2016, European champion in 2018, silver at the World Championships in 2017. And uh, I have to admit, I was a little bit surprised by her decision to retire. So I got on to Niamh and asked her to come on and have a chat with us about her career. So it was great to talk to Niamh McCarthy. Uh, recently about her incredible, incredible career. Okay, and joined by our good pal Niamh McCarthy who recently announced her retirement. Niamh, how are you? I'm doing really good, thank you. Good. Um, tell us, I, I was a little bit, uh, I suppose, shocked. I suppose when you announced your retirement, was this something that had been weighing on your mind heading into the Games this summer? I think it kind of has been weighing on my mind since maybe late 2019, um, after the World Championships, it's I I didn't really know what I was going to do. It was going to kind of be a see how I get on and go from there situation. But I suppose being really honest, just things haven't really been working out the way I was kind of planning for the last couple of years. And I mean, there's such commitment required for sport. You really want to do it properly. You don't want to be half-assing anything. And I just figured that I was kind of finding myself in a position where the heart just wasn't in it as much and I, I owe it more than that so I've after Tokyo I sat down had a had a lot of thinking sessions and just yeah came to the decision that it was probably best for me to just walk away at this point in time and was that exacerbated by the COVID situation I just, to be honest I don't think it is I think COVID gave me an extra year of no competition to try and kind of get back to where I wanted to be and everything so I think even if COVID haven't, hasn't happened, it, it would have been a pretty similar outcome, really. So, no, I don't think it made it worse. I think, if anything, it kind of clarified things for me because I think, like everyone, having so much time at home and things like this, it, it makes you kind of reevaluate what you really want to do with your time. So, um, no, I think, if anything, it, 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 it helped me make my decisions in some way. Was it a weight off your shoulders when you said to yourself, right, this will be my, my last events, to be my last games? See, I didn't really plan going in that it would be my last. It was, I, I wanted to, to kind of be true to myself and, and give myself some time and distance after the competition to, to 100% come up with a decision. But certainly once it was made, yeah, the, I felt a, like a stress-free, light-weighted person all of a sudden. And it, no, it was, it was, a re, it was, I think it proves really that it was the right decision because although it felt like a very hard decision once I made it, it it seemed like such an obvious choice and just the way my my head and and body responded to it was was just really positive and yeah I'm finding myself pretty happy these days How much of your time was training and competing taking up? I suppose because in a way it did actually control everything I did I mean you know the the hours I did at work the holidays I took every year they, they were all dependent on sport I mean, if I totted it up, it was probably maybe 20 hours a week in terms of your training and your commuting to training and things like that. And then competitions and time away, obviously, that's that's extra. So, I mean, it, it doesn't look a lot on a spreadsheet, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, your your entire life is kind of controlled by that. So, you know, it, it does. It, there is a cost associated with 
that which you know I've been happy to to pay for many years really but I suppose yeah I found myself where I was looking at that cost and thinking it was a bit too high for me these days mm. What was the reaction of your, your family and friends I suppose when, when you told them that you, you were going to step away? I think they they did try and kind of be devil's advocate and be like oh you know are you sure you know maybe you could get as far as Paris and everything but I think they knew I was making the right decision and they were pretty happy for me especially because I suppose they've seen the behind the scenes of, of how things have been for me for the last few years so I think they're pretty happy really that they could see that I was just gonna you know get the pressure valve on and you know just relax really and just walk away from from everything negative associated with uh, with what I've been doing but I know that sounds grim mm. but at the end of the day you know everybody I suppose they see when I get the medal or I compete at this and compete at that but they don't see when, when I have the bad days and my family and friends do so no they, they were happy for me for sure So were you under pressure I suppose heading to Tokyo or was that pressure you were putting on yourself or were you feeling the pressure from, from everyone talking to you about the games? Bit of all of that I think mm. to be honest um, which I think is expected also and I think the longer you're, you're in the games and everything you you, you do need to kind of just ignore that pressure to some extent, but certainly internally I was trying not to, to put too much pressure on because, you know, everybody was hoping I'd get a medal and everything, but I knew that things weren't where I wanted them to be. So I just wanted to, my, my promise to myself really was to just enjoy the experience of Tokyo because I suppose in Rio, I was a newbie, you know, everything was overwhelming and, you know, it went so good and everything. And in a way, I nearly didn't get to sit down and think about what I was actually going through. Whereas in Tokyo, I just wanted to soak up every second, really, and, you know, realise what a what a big moment of my life it was to, you know, be in my second games and in a country as, as amazing as Japan, you know. The Irish Paralympic um, social media team interviewed you shortly after you um, competed in Tokyo and you were very, very emotional. Was that because, uh, I suppose, the weight had been lifted off your shoulders that you had, like, finally competed and that you, that, and that you knew that you were going to, to retire or, or what was it? There was definitely a bit of my thinking, OK, this was the last time I had to do that. But um, I suppose even in the competition, like, I was still trying to get a medal. I mean, I knew... On a, on a really good day, I probably could have gotten the bronze, certainly gold and silver with all the world records that fell. That was mm. going to be a very difficult task, but I knew I could have been capable, but I just didn't want to put myself under so much pressure that I was just panicked, you know, because I, it's kind of what happened in the 2019 Worlds. I, I ended up just completely panicking in there and hating every second of it, and I just didn't want that to be how I walked away from Tokyo. I wanted to walk away being like, no, I tried my best. You know, I didn't put myself under such pressure that I cracked really so it was emotional because there was a slight chance that you know I could have gone better but I suppose at the end of the day I was fairly accepting of, of where I finished and yeah in the back of my head I was thinking I, I don't have to do that again and I was very happy with, with that thought so yeah as I say like that just, that, that just weight is completely kind of just lifted off your shoulders and, and the relief I guess of not having to do it again Definitely. I mean, even just the thoughts of, because people are already talking about the World Championships uh, in Kobe next year. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I just can't. Like, I just, uh, it just, it just seemed like too much. Whereas it's, it wasn't like that after other competitions. So no, it was the, the, the weight lifted was, 
I mean, geez, I lift heavy in the gym, but this was different. <laughs> like it was, <laughs> no, it was a, it was certainly a nice experience. And and once I made the the final decision and went public and everything, I just, yeah, it's like checking Red Bull gives you wings kind of thing. I was just floating around all happy out and just yeah, stress free and and you know worry free for for the first time in, in many years really. Mm. So yeah, it was a it was good times for me. For other athletes, Neil, of listening to this, I mean, like, if people aren't enjoying their sport and if they're just feeling stress and pressure from it, um, what would your advice to them be, I guess? I mean, you can have bad years. I mean, I've had bad years before and I've come out the other side and sometimes it's just about getting head down and knowing that, you know, you will come through to a better time. But I suppose in my case, and I'm guessing other athletes, sometimes you get to a point where you've been trying for so long to to be different and for the situation to change and you get to a point where you have the, the heart just changes and the reason you're doing these things are changing and maybe it's not about you know winning a medal maybe it comes about proving yourself or something and you just realize that you're doing it for the wrong reasons now mm. and that things have just changed and you really don't want to spend your time doing something that, that makes you unhappy at the end of the day certainly not for other people but especially yourself because you know, we only get one life and if you're dedicating so much of yourself to something that is ultimately not good for your mental health, you know, that's a call that just has to be made sometimes to just walk away and, and find something new because, I mean, sure, leaving, you know, high-level sport, it's it's a massive thing, but at the end of the day, there's other things in life, you know, because people are saying, oh, but, you know, you could have had so much more success and all of this and I'm like I can have success in something else you know it doesn't it doesn't have to be sport mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that wasn't my one chance at life you know so that was kind of where, where it boiled down to, to for me just, just my own happiness really I, I owed it to myself to to just yeah <laughs> let go really and your mental health Neve, everyone's mental health is just so important but it's also something I guess that has to be worked on as well a hundred percent and I mean I'm still kind of working on it to some extent. Certainly the stress of competition being gone that is helping things. But yeah, like you just, you just can't ignore it because I think I did in some ways. I think I was in denial realistically going into Tokyo. I, I think I thought I would be better than I was and that I'd cope better. But reality hit me pretty hard over there um, before the competition and yeah, I'd, I'd been lying to myself and thinking I was fine and I, and I just wasn't, you know, and mm. I wish I kind of picked up on that earlier realistically, but I have now, you know, so it's fine. Yeah, what was <laughs> the, um, no, what, sorry, sorry, what was the, what was the plane ride home like? I mean, like it must have been a, a massive conflicting roller coaster of emotions. Gosh, I don't really remember that to be honest, because <laughs> I, I was out of the country in less than 24 hours after I finished competing. It was... <laughs> A pretty quick turnaround, um, and Jesus, like my sleep schedule when I came home was all over the gas. But um, no, it was to pass. It was just I was happy to go home because I suppose being being out there with the restrictions and everything, it it wasn't like it wasn't real and everything. And you certainly you know wanted to to get home, and that's all I was thinking about at that point. I was thinking, okay, I'll be back at you know midnight. I'll be in my own bed by three, and you know we'll go from there kind of thing. So what's going to scratch the competitive itch now? <laughs> I'm still trying to work out of a, like a new sport that I can do for fun and uh, I found out that Cork is like a circus school <laughs> cool. and they have the like these factory. aerial skills yeah that's the one uh, so I'm actually quite tempted to sign up for one of their beginner classes just to 
just to give it a, give it a lash while I'm still strong. I <laughs> but um, no, my I suppose my my short term plans are just to enjoy the next few months, you know, and just kind of chill out. I'm, I'm still doing part time hours in work, and I'm just gonna take that as a break because I haven't actually taken a break since I came home. I went straight back to work, so gonna take it handy for a few months and the the plan next year is to start doing pilates classes Mm -hmm. um because i did a pilates instructor course last year so i'm trying to do a bit of thinking (laughs) on my side of of how to get all that started because i suppose one thing i did learn in sport was just about keeping the body healthy and that's not just for high performance sport that's just for daily life and uh, pilates was didn't realize it at the time it was was really beneficial to me and it's it's really important even now that I'm I'm finished so I'd like to hopefully bring that into other people's lives and uh, yeah work on being yeah fit and healthy with with other people so that's the the plan for now anyway. Were you still skydiving or is the pandemic kind of shut that down a bit? Oh yeah that definitely put a stop on that. Um, I'd like to get back to it at some point maybe maybe go away on a trip abroad somewhere something like that I, I haven't thought that far ahead because it's it's been a few years since I've done any jumping so I'd have to get back current first just to make sure I didn't break break anything but to be fair the, the good thing these days is now that I'm not competing conventionally if I, if I do have a little minor accident <laughs> while jumping then it's fine <laughs> I'm not missing any major competition which is why I'm considering the circus though because that would have been an out before <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah no it's um, I, I haven't I, I really need to kind of come up with some plans but I suppose COVID is, is making that difficult for everyone mm. right now but I know my, my time will come where I can kind of let loose a little bit and you know enjoy the good things that I, I didn't get to enjoy before um, have you been reflecting on your career and, and all the many highlights that you, you've achieved, I suppose, over the years uh, competing? I have, for sure. Because, um, I mean, I was thinking the other day, my entire 20s were actually spent in sport. So mm. it's weird that I'll, I'll have a couple of more years left in my 20s where I'm, I'm not an athlete. And so many people have, have you know, come to know me as, as a discus thrower. And to me, it feels like it's only been a couple of years since I've been involved. But at the end of the day, it's been you know, nearly nine years, which is mental. So it's it's hard to look back and realise everything that happened and, you know, everywhere I went and all the people I met. It's kind of mind-boggling, really. I think it'll, it'll take a bit of, bit of time to process that. But um, I know, I mean, it's it's good to look back and it's it's nice to actually not talk about sports sometimes now because <laughs> that was the, the only conversations I used to have with people, whereas now we just talk about, you know, boring daily life stuff, which is... <laughs> It's really nice. <laughs> um, if I were to put you on the spot and ask you for, for your, your one highlight, the one that sticks out most when people ask you to, to look back on your career, what would it be? It was definitely real because yeah. I suppose, I, yeah, no, the, getting the medal there. When I first got involved in sports, me and my mother were saying, sure, yeah, I could get a medal in Rio. Like, why not? You know, being completely naive, not realising, you know, everything involved. But I think once I actually got that medal and realised like, oh my God, I actually did it. Mm-hmm. It was just mad, like it's you know my cheeks hurt from kind of smiling, and wasn't trying to smile. It was just my I was just kind of in shock, really. So no, that was that was definitely the highlight because it was just I'd actually done it, you know. <laughs> and you know I, I was always a bit cocky and, and was saying I could do it, but I actually did do it. So no, that's that's definitely the the special one to look back on. Where do you keep the medal, actually? <laughs> it's gonna sound so bad. I have a drawer under my bed with all my medals. <laughs> Still in like the little boxes they come in and yeah, see before like as an athlete once you finish one competition you're on to the next yeah. kind of thing. Whereas now I'm like 
okay, I might need to do like a little plaque or something <laughs> and put them up on the wall because <laughs> I don't think the bed is uh, is yeah good enough for them realistically. But uh, yeah, I think I, I need to do something now. I promise I will. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, Neil. Buddy. Uh, as always, it's uh, an absolute pleasure talking to you. I'm fascinated um, to, to see where you, where you go next and congratulations on an incredible career and thanks uh, very so much as well for, for always taking time to talk to us here in Red FM. It's greatly appreciated. Yeah, no, thank you for talking to me too. You've been good supporters over the years and I really appreciate it. That's Neil McCarthy. Taunts was there about her incredible year. Any relation to McCarthy? No, but typical with the name. It's obviously successful, so fair play to her. I'm a big <laughs> fan, just like you. Yeah. What, what an athlete and what, what a servant to her particular sport. Mm. Uh, don't shoot ears. And it was lovely to hear her talking there. Yeah, one of Ireland's greatest ever athletes, to be perfectly honest. Like, you know, her record speaks for itself. And you can almost tell from her tone there, it's kind of almost a, a, a relief, I suppose, for her not to yeah. have that pressure yeah. on her. So um, it was great to chat to Neve and she's always been very very good at coming in here and talking to us on the big red bench and stuff like that so yeah she's had an incredible career always to sport nothing and uh, retires with medals that she keeps on her bed she tells us <laughs> and finishes with a smile on her face which I think is lovely for her <laughs> absolutely fantastic uh, that's our show for you tonight George thanks for what? coming in Th- that's the fastest hour of the week man let's try not make it another 18 months before we see each no. other again no preferably not um, so if you missed any of the show tonight our podcast will be online in just the next couple of minutes redfm.ie or from wherever you get your podcast from George is going to be up with the Women's Sport Podcast on Thursday. Indeed, uh, looking forward to that. Uh, Morn Abbey and Intro over the headliners. That's coming up on Thursday noon, redfm.ie or from wherever we get your podcast from. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday evening, folks. We're back next Saturday from 6. Connor's up next. Three hours of the very, very best Irish music coming your way with Green on Red. We'll catch you next weekend. The Big Red Bench. Come on. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m.